Hello and welcome to the Oracle of Light podcast. I am your host, Shauna DeMellon. In this week's episode, I have gathered up questions that my listeners have have emailed me, um, different questions that they have about mediumship. And so in this episode, we are going to go through the questions and I'm going to answer them for you and give a little bit more clarity around mediumship and what that looks like. I have been communicating with lost loved ones for as long as I can remember. And I've shared this in other podcasts. Um, I used to refer to the Cross River loved ones as the see-through people. And I, you know, I thought everyone saw what I saw. And as I grew up and I got older, that wasn't the case. And so my journey was one of knowing that spirit was there, but not really engaging a whole lot because I really wanted to fit in. And then after an accident in 2006, the mediumship started to really come back in strongly. And it was in uh, Reiki sessions when I started offering Reiki sessions that, um, you know, the loved ones would come into the Reiki sessions. And I always thought, nicely played, universe, (laughs) nicely played. You know, if we're not willing to look at something, the universe will find a way to get our attention. So fast forward to today, I've given thousands of readings. I facilitate classes and workshops. I've just finished writing my first book, You Are a Medium. It's now off in the editing world, and and then it'll be off to uh, off to make it beautiful and pretty. And there will be a Kindle version. I'll let everybody know when that when that lands. And um, yeah, and then we'll look at getting it published. And and um, I, I have such incredible support in my world. I have so many people in my world that are already asking for their signed copies. So. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, Again, um, we will let everyone know as the book progresses. Um, And make sure you're following me. Um, Find me over on, I'm on Facebook, uh, Shauna DeMellon. Um, My business page is Inspired Living. Uh, You can find me on Instagram, Shauna DeMellon. And uh, the website is livealifeyoulove.org. So definitely check that out. Um, If you uh, are so inclined on the website, we have a quiz. It is a quiz for people to take to see if you have mediumship abilities. So if that interests you, head on over to my website and you can take the quiz. And I think it's 15 questions and it will tell you and it will give you some insight into maybe what you've been experiencing. So the first question that I was emailed is, how can I obtain closure after the loss of a loved one? And this is a beautiful question. Um, Often what happens when we have a loss, if we have a loss, say from 2020, that loss will actually go back and and touch the other losses that we've had in our world that maybe haven't fully healed. And so I always like to explain that to people because it can feel incredibly overwhelming when we lose a loved one. And it, just, it, it I know firsthand, it can be debilitating. It can just bring you to your knees And I like to explain that to people because sometimes it'll feel like this tsunami of energy. And what's happening is you're you're remembering, it's like your heart is remembering all the other heartaches and and the losses. And it's it's bringing those energies up as well. So it, it can feel 
Again, very overwhelming. The grief and grieving process is different for everyone, even different for, I've read for families, and everyone in the family grieves differently in their own way. And there's no right or wrong way to grieve. Um, you know, it's very important to, it's very important to align yourself with people, as Brene Brown would say, who have earned the right to hear your story. Because if we share our grief, our loss with someone who hasn't earned that right, they could minimize it. And it's not that they're, they're doing anything wrong. It's just they don't have that capacity or that ability to hold space for us. And so it's very important to find support for you to share your experience and share your grief. You know, there are a lot of people that just say, well, yeah, it's just get over it. Just get over it. You know, life goes on. You know, don't don't cry over spilled milk. Just get over it. And that's from their perspective. There are other people that will get in there with you and they'll start talking about their own loss and how horrible it was. And that can end up making you feel even worse. Or you have someone that just ignores you, that doesn't want to hear what you have to say. So again, very important to be selective when you're sharing your grief or you're sharing your loss because not everyone has earned the right to hear your story. And again, that doesn't make them bad or wrong, just they don't have that capacity. You know, like I've got a girlfriend, um, you know, her name is, is Andrea and she, she can hold space for me like nobody's business. I can share anything with her anytime, doesn't matter what it is. And she's like, boom, I got you. And she's able to hold space for me, not try to fix it, you know, not try to minimize what I'm feeling. She's just one of those people. It's like she's an anchor for me, like a rock. Those are the kind of people that you want to share your loss or your grief. Closure, closure, I think, looks different for everyone. I don't know if I will ever get over the loss of my son, Jack. I, I honestly don't. I don't, you know, in as the years have gone on, the pain isn't as intense. It isn't as debilitating as it was when it first all happened. But there's still that pain there. There's still that little tug on my heart. Like I'll still see little boys around his age that he would be, you know, at the playground. And I just, it, it tugs at my heart because I think, yeah, he would be, you know, around seven or eight now. Yeah. How my life would have been different if, everything had worked out according to plan. And so that's still, every now and again, it still sits there. And so I don't know if we ever get closure. Maybe it's more acceptance. You know, maybe it's, you know, coming back to the idea that, you know, it's radical acceptance. My loved one isn't here. And what do I need to do to honor my, my, my healing, my, my loss? The grieving process can show up in so many different ways or different stages. There can be shock and denial. There can be bargaining. There can be anger. There can be just sadness and grief. And then we can oscillate between all of those different emotions. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, one day you could be feeling great and then something happens, something comes up, some a memory or, you know, you see something on the computer that reminds you of your loved one and you're just... Oh, it just brings it all back up again. And it's very important to be very gentle with yourself. And if you need extra support, 
make sure that you're looking for that extra support. If it's a counselor, if it's um, in energy work, whatever that is for you, make sure that you have those extra resources. You know, over the years, <clears throat> I've created, you know, a team, a, a support team for me, depending on what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing, so that I have the right resources, the right coaches, the right, the right person to talk with, the right energy people. I just, I've, I've accumulated this incredible group of people that, you know, I know that they're going to have my back when, when I need, you know, extra support. And so for some people, maybe it is closure. For some people, maybe you do get to a point where it's closure, it's acceptance, it's radical acceptance, and you're good and you move on. And for other people, I think there may always be that little tinge of, of maybe pain or, or reminding you that, yeah, you had a loss. And it's so important, so important that, you know, if you have someone who comes to you with a loss and a grief, um, you know, their sorrow, their, their mourning, and if you don't have the capacity to hold that space for them, the kindest thing you can do is say, I'm sorry for your loss. That's it. That's Sometimes someone just needs to hear and, and have that validation that they have a loss. It's a loss. It's, you know, there's a life that was, was interrupted, you know, for lack of a better term. And there were future plans and that person is missed. There's a void. There's an empty spot in that person's heart, in that person's world. And that's going to take time to heal, whether it's a child, a spouse, a friend, family member, a pet. You know, these are real, real events that, that leave a lasting, a lasting impression on us. And again, you know, obtaining that closure looks different. And it's, it's so important to honor the process. Honor the process. If you're able to sit in the grief, if the grief comes up and you have time by yourself, sit with the energy of it, sit with the grief, let it come up. Don't stay there for hours, but maybe let your let yourself sit with the energy for 15 or 20 minutes and see how you're feeling and just allow yourself to release whatever that needs to look like. The next question is, what are the best ways I can communicate with my deceased loved ones? And I love this question. Oh my goodness, I absolutely love it. Love it, love it, love it. Our loved ones are, are literally a thought away. Our loved ones are just no longer in their physical body. That connection and that love never dies. Never dies. It's always there. We're always connected. And you can experience your loved ones in so many different ways. You know, for some people, they're very visual. They may have dreams of their loved ones. They may see sparkles or orbs out of the corner of their light, their eyes. They may, you know, hear different songs playing in their head. They, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll wake up and I'll hear my name being called. Or, you know, I'll be in the kitchen doing whatever and I'll, you know, my grandfather, for example, he would pop in and say hi. And, you know, there are different ways that we can experience our loved ones. And if this is something that is that is really really interesting you, um, again, I invite you to start looking at what that might look like for you. Um, if it's more training that you're interested in, reach out. We've got all sorts of different resources on the website. I work, you know, one-on-one -on -one with people to develop their skills. 
Um, you know, if this is something that is calling to you, A, I'm very excited because mediumship is my life, is my love. B, I think it's a beautiful gift and capacity. And your loved ones are so excited to make that connection. The best way I can describe it is if you've ever watched any of the, you know, CSI investigation shows, the detective shows, where they've got, you know, maybe the perpetrator, he's in that interrogation room, and they've got that uh, that one-way mirror, but they, or maybe it's called a two-way mirror, I don't know. But they've got the guy in the interrogation room, the interview room, and then there are people on the other side of the mirror that can see him, but he can't see them, and they can hear everything, and they're watching his mannerisms, and they're, and they're, they're just you know, keeping an eye on things and listening. That's kind of how the spirit world works. They can see us, but we may not be able to see them or experience them. And the more that you set the intention that you would like to experience your loved ones, the more that they will find a way to communicate with you. The spirit communicates with us through a myriad of different ways. We have, you know, clairsentience, clairaudience, clairvoyance, claircognizance, um, you know, we have telepathy, we have Claire Augusta, um, we have uh, Claire, oh, I can't remember the name of it, there's one more, it's taste, it's, it's when you smell or you taste different things. So sometimes, you know, when I first started doing readings, I would taste uh, whiskey, and I don't drink whiskey, and so then, you know, I would say, okay, I'm tasting whiskey. Oh yes, he loved whiskey. <laughs> or I, you know, I smell uh, tobacco, cigarette smoke. I smell perfume. Sometimes I'll smell cookies. If I'm reading for someone who their loved one was an avid baker, um, a lily of the valley, I smell different flowers. You know, and again, spirit will communicate with us the best way that they can, utilizing our strongest gift. So again, we won't go too far into this in this episode, but you do have spiritual gifts, as I mentioned earlier. And I invite you to start looking at which one is your strongest. Which one is your strongest? We actually have a new um, we have a new course that's coming out. It's uh, opening things up. It's a mini course for mediumship. And if that interests you, that would be absolutely amazing because it starts you out with helping you to identify what your strongest gift is. And then once you know what your strongest gift is, you can really start to, you can meditate and, and set the intention that it's stronger. You can start to look for the ways that your loved ones are communicating with you. And it's just a beautiful way to, beautiful way to experience our loved ones. So the best way that you can communicate is, um, you know, one of the other ways is, is through meditation. You know, when I first started doing readings, you know, it was through my meditations that my loved ones would come in. And again, like I said, uh, through the Reiki sessions. And so it's just very important to find what works for you. The next question is, why do I have reoccurring dreams about my deceased loved one? Oh, this is such a great question. When we are sleeping, our logical mind is at rest. And it's that much easier for crossover loved ones to communicate with us in our dream state when we're sleeping, I've had some of the most vivid dreams of my loved ones. Like I woke up and it's like, oh, they're here in the room with me. It was so real. <laughs> and so, you know, you can invite your loved ones to come into your dreams, but try not to have any expectations around it. Try to just stay neutral with it and be excited because when we expect it, okay, I asked my grandmother to come into my dream tonight. She's going to, and this is going to happen. 
we limit what's going on. We're limiting everything. And so instead, you know what? Hey, Grandma, I would love for you to come into my dream or whoever it is. I would love to have a dream about you. I wonder what that would look like. And you may need to ask a few nights. You may need to keep asking for them to come in for you to start to remember. Because when you ask, they come in. And on a soul level, when you're sleeping, you're off visiting with them. You're, you're experiencing them. And so just continue to ask. And yes, the dreams that you've had about your loved ones, those are real. Those are your loved ones. I had a dream about my little dog, Jesse, last week. It's like I, I had this dream and I woke up and it was like he was barking. <laughs> I, I swear he was in the room with me. I was looking around. I was like, did you hear that? Where is he? What? He's here. Where is he? <laughs> like it was, it was so real and so vivid. So again, you know, and if you're having reoccurring dreams about your loved one, maybe there's a message. Maybe they're trying to connect with you. Maybe, maybe there is something more for you to look at there. Maybe, maybe you need to reach out to someone. Maybe it's time to look at more of, of what that is, is presenting for you. Oftentimes I have people book in uh, for sessions who have had a dream about their loved one for a month or two. And they come in and sure enough, they've been trying to get their attention, trying to get their attention. And once they make that connection, it's that much more strong. It's that much more special. And it's just absolutely amazing. And the next question is, how can I regain my sense of purpose after the loss of my loved one? This is this this really touches me because, you know, uh, again, after, after I lost my son, Jack, um... It was like I had no meaning in my life. I, it, it took me a couple of years to re, re, I'm not even sure what the word is, re, you know, align myself with finding meaning and purpose in my life again. And uh, part of what helped me was that they're called, it's, it's like a, you can call it a prayer or an incantation, if you will. Every day I would just incant, um, you know, he, um, I had dreamt of having my son in this lifetime, but it didn't work. It didn't work out in this lifetime. And it's been very painful. And I'm figuring my way out. I'm figuring my way through it. And so every day I would say that. And I think I even added into that, you know, there are blessings coming to me and life is working out for me. And, you know, just being very aware that our subconscious mind will agree with whatever we're feeling the strongest. So if we're feeling despair and hopelessness, the strongest, as opposed to joy and happiness, our subconscious mind will align with what we're feeling the strongest. So if we are feeling despair, and not to say that that's wrong, or you have to stop it, or you have to figure it out, but if we are feeling despair, our subconscious mind will align with that, and it'll bring us more things to feel that way about. So just to keep that in mind. You know, as you're going through your grieving process, as you're mourning, honor that, but also look for the joy in your life. Look for those simple pleasures. Look for those moments where you just have to smile for no reason. You just do. And your loved ones from the other side will help you with that. As so a regaining a sense of purpose after the loss of your loved one is, you know, from, from channeling so many loved ones over the years, they want us to be happy. They are happy and at peace on the other side. And they become our greatest cheerleaders. So they want nothing but the best for us. They really do. 
And so while you're working through your grief and, and your loss, honoring that person, that special person, what are some ways that you can live your best life? What are some ways? And it does get easier. It does. It does get easier. And through focusing on being the best version of you, that will help you to regain that sense of purpose, that sense of meaning in your life again. And it opens you up to more possibilities. You know, every now and again, I'll ask my angels, okay, I need to laugh so hard I cry. And they deliver. It's usually ridiculous cat videos or something on, on Instagram. <laughs> I'll see something so ridiculous and I have to send it to everyone I know and we all laugh and it's, it's just so ridiculous. But it, it's just fabulous. I, I, I didn't laugh a whole lot for a couple of years after Jack. And that was the way I processed it. It was such a shock. And it just, it's like my mind couldn't make sense of it. And then being able to communicate with him is what helped me to heal. Being able to communicate with my, my sweet boy was was the catalyst that started to help me to heal, to know that he was okay, to know that our love is still there, to know that he's okay on the other side. He's silly. He's got um, he's got beautiful blue eyes and freckles, and he always gives me a butterfly, and he loves bubbles and balloons, and he loves trucks and creepy bugs too. <laughs> but he's, you know, it's a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful gift. For me as a mother to know that he's okay, to know that he, that he's okay. And to regain that sense of purpose, you know, that was just something that I had to sit in the arena with, so to speak, and, and really start to, well, honoring what I was going through and, and experiencing and grieving, honoring the loss, I also... I also started to look for more possibilities. I also, I kind of, I kind of get to a point where I get angry and fed up. I'm like, enough of this. I don't want to cry anymore. My eyes are all puffy and my nose is sore from blowing it. And I just, I just want to have some fun. So again, I asked my angels and my guides, I want to have some fun. I want to laugh. What can I do today that will bring more fun into my life? And then it became pockets of grief. It wasn't a day of grief. It wasn't, you know, four or five hours of grief every day. It became pockets of grief that would come up and then they were manageable for me as I worked through my healing. Another question I have is, how do I know when a deceased loved one is in my presence? And so this sort of kind of goes with um, the, the second question, what are the best ways I can communicate with my deceased loved ones? This one, um, they're very similar questions, but a little bit different. So the best ways to communicate with your deceased loved ones, again, is figuring out your strongest gift. And then, you know, meditation, quieting your mind, inviting your loved ones in, and really trying to hone in on what that is for you. And then how do I know when a deceased loved one is in my presence? You know, you can feel air temperatures. I'll feel like the temperature around me just gets cold or it gets hot. Um, again, you can smell things. I see orbs of light. Sometimes I see full figures of crossover loved ones. I see pictures in my mind's eye. I'll hear music. Um, I will get gooseies. You know, my I, the hair on my arms will start to stand up. Um, there are so many different ways. You know, sometimes I'll just feel this wave of intense love 
it's like this wave of unconditional love that brings tears to my eyes every time. It's just so beautiful. There's so much love for all of us coming from the other side, coming from our loved ones. And the more that you set the intention that you would like to experience them, the more that they'll find ways to come into your world. You know, like dragonflies. Uh, my stepfather, uh, Terry, you know, we always had um, an affiliation with dragonflies. And so whenever I see a dragonfly, I immediately think of him. Ladybugs, birds, um, animals, electronics. There's so many different ways that our loved ones will let you know that they're in your presence. And you can ask, hey, if one of my loved ones is here, can you give me a sign? And you may have to ask it a few times over a couple of days or a few weeks. It'll take as long as it takes. But also remember that you need to be open and available. If you're not as open and available, then it'll be just a little bit more difficult for them to get that information, to get that to you. And so again, meditation, figuring out which is your strongest gift, and continue to ask. I always tell people that all of our questions are answered, all of them. They may not be immediate like we would like them to be. <laughs> I would like to know right now. Thank you. It doesn't always work that way. But all of our questions are answered. And this question, I love this. How does my deceased pet feel about me getting another animal? They want you to have that other animal. There is not a pet that I have channeled that has said, how dare you? How could you do that? Intense, they have, instead they have intense gratitude and love for what they experience with their human. And they have gratitude that you took care of them. They have gratitude that you did everything you could to make sure they were comfortable. They have gratitude that you did absolutely everything in those last moments to keep them peaceful and at comfort. And the last day that, that Jesse was here, our little dog Jesse, he's a little wiener dog. And you know, it's funny, I joke with people that I, um, um, he was like my child. <laughs> he had clothes and accessories and he was slept on the bed. Like he was in, you know, family pictures. He was part of the family. Like he was my main furry man. And I always knew that, you know, if his quality of life was diminishing, if he wasn't able to get up and run and, and, you know, if he wasn't, if he wasn't doing well, I knew that that was his time. And so he had, he'd had a couple of years that were very difficult. He, uh, at some point ended up on a trampoline and he was hurt. And so he saw the chiropractor and the chiropractor was lovely and, um, he had cancer, and so we, we really wanted to keep him comfortable the last few years that we had him. And the last day, I took him outside to pee, and he couldn't get up. And so I just, instantly in my heart, I just knew. And so I took him inside, and I called the vet. I said, yeah, it's, it's time. And I think we had steak the night before, so I cut him up some steak, and he wolfed down his steak, and he went and he laid in the sun. It was one of his favorite things I used to do. He used to just lie in the sun and cook. <laughs> so he laid in the sun. And we took him to the vet later that day. And I held him in my arms. And they, they put him to sleep. And I just held him. And then they gave him the medication, whatever it was, that, that made him sleep forever. 
and all I heard was barking. I saw this beautiful white light open and there must have been 30 wiener dogs <laughs> barking and yelping and jumping. And I saw his, I saw his soul come out of his little body and he started running and running and running and running and running. And it was the most beautiful thing ever. Even as a, as a medium, I was just blown away to be able to witness that. And then he ran up with all of the dogs and he stopped and he ran back one more time. He did his little bum wiggle and then he was gone. And it was just such an amazing experience. And he has since come in. He comes in every now and again. Lately it's been more frequent because I am ready to get another dog. I have a cat. I have my midnight. He's here. and I think he wants a friend because he's bored. But yeah, I, um, our pets are, are so excited that we have that love in our life. That love is unconditional. No matter what kind of day we've had, if we've had the worst day ever and we come home and that sweet face is always welcoming us, always happy to see us. They don't care. They don't, they don't have an ego that remembers that we didn't give them treats before we left. Or, you know, they're not holding grudges against us. They're not, you know, thinking, oh, you're, you're horrible. You didn't, you know, do this or do that for me. They just, you're home. I've missed you. Where have you been? That's it. I want to love you. I want to kiss you. Hold me. It's just, it's just beautiful, right? So yes, for whoever's listening, go and get that, that new fur baby. Go and get them. And the last question that we're going to go over is, how do I know if I have mediumistic gifts? And again, I'm going to, I'm going to guide you over to my website. If this is of interest to you, and I apologize, there's midnight now, he just came in. Um, I invite you to go over to my website, livealifeyoulove.org, and there is a quiz that you can take, and it will tell you if you have medium, medium abilities. Mediumship is a different frequency. So if you communicate with your spirit guides, um, you communicate with your angels, those are different frequencies. It's like, it's like a radio dial. We're tuning into a different frequency. Mediumship is a different frequency than intuition. Completely different frequency. And so if this does interest you, I, I invite you to go over and check it out. And you can see if you have mediumship abilities and gifts. And if, if you have any questions around any of this, mediumship development, mediumship at all, um, please do reach out. I love all the emails. and I, I love the messages. Um, I am more than happy to answer questions and delve a little bit deeper. Uh, I had somebody email me last week and she asked me, you know, are there, you know, really good guided meditations? Where can I start? What does this look like? And so, yeah, I've been reading professionally now for over 10 years. And so I've, I've got, you know, a wealth of knowledge and, and I'm more than happy to share that with, with you to help you on your journey with mediumship, whatever, whatever that looks like. Maybe you experience your loved ones. Maybe you just like validation. Maybe you'd like to communicate and connect with them a little bit more. Maybe you'd like to give readings. Maybe you're already giving readings. You just want to add a little bit more to your spiritual toolbox. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Whatever that looks like for you is absolutely perfect. Mediumship is a true gift and capacity. And I am absolutely honored to be able to relay information from the other side. Absolutely honored. Each and every reading is different and unique and special and every class is absolutely fantastic to watch people step into their power, to watch people un unravel their gifts is absolutely amazing. And if you're in the Calgary area, we're doing a, 
I'm teaching a, a class this Saturday, um, August 8th. It is Angels and Ancestors. And that's from 1 till 3, 1 till 4. And it's here in Calgary. The first part of the class is connecting with your angels. The second part of the class is experiencing your loved ones who have crossed over. So if that interests you, livealifeyoulove.org. I'll be uh, teaching mediumship level one in October because October is my favorite month, period. <laughs> it is October 1st. I want to put Halloween decorations up. I want to start planning the candy we're handing out. I'm not sure how we'll do that with COVID. Maybe I'll just have to leave the cauldron out and they can take whatever they'd like. <laughs> and, um, you know, November 1st, I'm still grieving. I still have pumpkins on my steps. I don't want to hear Christmas music. <laughs> it's October is a big deal for me. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. We're doing mediumship level one. And again, if you have any questions, reach out. I love hearing from everyone. And I send you mountains of love. I'm sending extra love and healing and unconditional love to anyone who needs it today. Mountains of love. I'll talk to you next time. Bye for now.